this month took me a lot. Praise God. I was telling them yesterday, I said, this is one of the teachings. And, and the reason why it took me a lot was this. When you hear about the teachings around finance and success in church, in my opinion, they are not very effective. The only thing you hear is give. And we all know that giving alone cannot make you prosper. Or you don't know that? Yeah, if you like give everything you have, you must give and do other things. So, they, so and that explains. And meanwhile, the biggest need in our country is financial. The biggest need in our country is financial. The people that move abroad, they've not moved abroad because they are problem, because it's, it's good for them. It's because of money. They are Nigerians that are not willing to come back from Ukraine because they would rather die in the war than to come and face financial challenges. So, I'm saying so because in this teaching, all of you that are listening, and maybe you have to tag a friend or share with somebody, either you're young or old, one of the key things it's going to do for you is really to begin to frame your mind about finances. And a lot of you that run businesses, it will also challenge you. So the teachings will be very directional. Directional means that it will be very, it will give you things you have to do. So it's not the kind of teaching you'll come to church and you'll just hear the teachings and go away. No, 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 no. It's the kind of teaching you'll hear as you're writing the sermon note, you'll write this is my action point. Then when you come back next Sunday, you'll come back with some action points. So, so today, everybody has assignment. The service is going to be part of everybody has assignment. So let's read this. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says, There was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, and of the sons of the prophets, and said unto Elisha, saying, My servant, thy servant, my husband is dead, and you know that my servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors is come to take him, to take unto him two sons to be born men. So first thing, you can be very spiritual and be very broke. Let's understand that. This man was not just spiritual, he was a prophet. He was not just a prophet, he was a prophet that Elijah, Elisha recognized that this is a man of God. Because some of you might say, I don't know, I don't know, I've been serving God now, I don't know what's happening. Mm -mm. You must understand it. So, there are principles in the physical, there are principles in the spiritual that would actually release your finances. It's here. It's here. It's amazing. Many people think that, and this is why I would say it, many people think prayer is a non-purpose drug. So if I pray, everything will be solved. See, there are some things that prayer will do. There are some things prayer will not do. There are some things prayer will do working with something else. So when you read the Bible, the Bible is full of examples of people. Like this man, when you read his story, you can tell why they were poor. When you see people that are not doing well, when you read the story, you can tell. Let me even show you this quickly. Let me just jump ahead of myself. Luke chapter 16. In verse 19. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple, and finely then, and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gates at his gate full of sores. Question. You know the story. Who went to heaven, went to hell? The rich man went to hell. And the poor man went to what? That's good. The question is this. Why did the poor man go to, he to, to, to heaven? And the rich man go to hell? The question is this. Why did... This is a real question I want to answer. Why was it that the righteous man that went to heaven did not have money? And many of you will say, because 
the rich, the poor, poor people, if you want money, you can't go to heaven. If you read the Bible very well, you see it. I want to show you your Bible. Are you there? Look at it in your Bible. Verse 20. Verse 20. Verse 20. And a certain and a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate, at his gate, full of falls. Verse 21. Read this together. I want to go. Did you see the problem of the righteous man? He was desiring to be fed with what? The crumbs that fell from the table. And the Bible says, the expectation and desire of the righteous shall not be cut short. Are you seeing this? And this man will be praying in the temple. Father, give me breakthrough. Bring me through. Listen to me. There's a difference between what you are praying and what you are thinking. The Bible did not say that he was not praying for breakthrough. The Bible says, when you checked on the inside, his desire was to be fed. With the crumbs that fell from the table. It was simple. I can't come and kill myself. This work cannot stress me. If I get one flat, I get it. If I can get what to eat and take care of myself, I'm okay. Let me tell you something. That's how many Christians are. I'm telling you the truth. On the outside, they'll say, but I'm believing for breakthrough. See, most Christians don't take their finances important until they're under financial pressure. If you, someone says, ah, Someone says, he was desiring to be fed with crumbs. Someone says, ah, no, that's not me. Let me ask you a good question. What's your financial goal for your life? I can bet with you, not up to 10% of the people here have written somewhere that I want to be worth this by the time I'm 80 or 90. You are saying that this man, you are abusing this Lazarus man, but you don't have a financial goal. What's your financial desire? What's your financial desire? I was talking to a young guy yesterday. This guy will be about 32. I mean, blessed by our ministry. And I was telling him because I said that, how did your finances change? And he said, Pastor, when I was, he was in college of education. He said, when I was in college of education, I wrote down somewhere that by the time I'm 40, I will have investment of 3 billion. And I will be earning, um, what they call it, rental interest of 8%. So much so that without working in my life again at 40, I will have 240 million naira coming to me every year. With that, I can retire and do nothing else like that. I said, where are you right now? He said, I've crossed 2 billion. He said, the way it's going to, I said at 40, but literally this year, we'll hit this thing. The reason why is that until you def can define a goal, you cannot score. People don't score without goalposts. Someone say, Father, make me blessed. Two million is a blessing. Five million per month is a blessing. So, why can't you define what the blessing is to you particularly? You know why people don't define financial goals? The reason is that there's fear that they have that they will not achieve it and they will cause discourage. Do you understand that? So this is the reason why people don't have financial goals. There's that fear that I will not make it. So don't let me break my heart. Since you already have fear that you don't make it, either you define the goal or not, your fear will make it come to pass. Because the Bible says the things you fear will eventually happen to you. You must be very clear. You must be very clear and say, this year, what's your financial goal? By the time you are 50, what's your financial goal? And 
I'm telling you, because I said, ah, Lazarus was designed to be fed. Ah, my brother, calm down. Before you can write on the financial goal, something else you must do. You must write where you are. Most people don't know where they are financially. If I ask people here, can you tell me how much you are worth, not how much you earn? Because you don't measure wealth in terms of, see, poor people measure wealth in how much they earn. Rich people measure wealth in how much they are worth. What's the difference? Earning does not make rich. It's network that makes rich. You have people, have, you've seen people that were GM, I've seen people that were GM and MDs of banks that today they are broke. Because your salary doesn't make you rich, your salary only gives you the opportunity to become rich if you use it well. You didn't get that? This everybody is so quiet now. Ah, those online, I can't see your comments. Your salary doesn't make you rich. It's only what gives you the opportunity to become rich if you use it well. So, I've seen people that will resign from um, Ajib, Total, all these things. They'll give them 400 million. Eight years after, nothing. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So, I began to teach already and these are your assignment for next week. What's your financial goal? So, before we say we are praying, what is the financial goal? Number two, where are you financially? You cannot be, someone says, I'm, all I'm worth right now is $10,000. And you have to express those figures in dollars because they never is fluctuating. And for those of you online, you're a, a, so what am I worth currently? And let me say something to you. When you understand this principle, you will stop praying for job. You'll be praying for net worth. Because job is just an avenue for it to happen. Glory to God. So you saw the problem with Lazarus. What's going on with Lazarus? Lazarus is desire. He did not have, his desire was to be small. Should I challenge you? Can I challenge you? You're not talking as if you want to be a challenge. Can I challenge you? Make up your mind. Whatever te top 10% of your, whatever you do is, that's where you should stay. That's how you win. The Bible says you shall be the head or not the tail. First 10%. Now, in this industry, when they count 10%, my name is there. And 10% is not local, it's global. So, you go back and look for all that means. Let's go back to the teaching, Second Kings chapter 4. And I want to say to you, all the ladies that are here, you will do yourself a favor if you can get your husband, your fiancé, your dad, your uncle to come. And the reason why is that just the scale of family cycle, most of the time, if the man is not treated financially, it will limit the finance of the family. So if you're going to get them to watch online or do something, go ahead and do that. Second Kings chapter 4. Let's go back. Second Kings chapter 4. So the Bible says this. The Bible says this. So the woman came to Elisha and said, the creditors is come to take unto me my son. So imagine this guy was a prophet. This guy was an anointed prophet but a very stupid financial person. Because how do you loan money and use your children as guarantee? Something. Yeah! But is that not what you're doing? Is that not what you're doing? You buy a phone and they said, I'm telling you, most of you will loan money you cannot pay in six months. Your financial budget is your one-year salary. Are you okay? Buddy, and I'm telling you, your, your, your wedding budget, rather, is your one-year salary. 
So by the time you finish wedding, what will you leave for mini marriage? I, I, I want my friends to know, listen to me. I'm going to show you today. Men are in sizes. See, life is in faces. Men are in sizes. There are things, when I got married, our honeymoon was no honeymoon. We just went to Ghana. That was all we could afford. If we could not afford Ghana, we just stay in Nigeria. That's all we can afford. Once you go to Mauritius, we can, right now we can go anywhere we want. But don't sell your future at the expense of your today. Are you here, somebody? Glory to God. So this is what the Bible says here. So, so because look at this man. I'm telling you. It's funny. It's funny. You're looking for a woman for, for business. Then you have two Gucci bags. What are you looking for? People are looking for capital. The dread is enough capital. I look at you. Your hair is capital. What is the hair doing on your head if you cannot do business, make you money? Because when you read the Bible, it's okay to point the accusing finger and say, this person, this person, this person, this person, you know, and none of those things. But look at this man. This man took a loan and the guarantee for his loan was two sons. And let me tell you something. Eh? I don't really think it was two sons. I think it was other things. But you know how when you cannot meet up, whatever you use, they start taking it. They start taking it. And you start pledging bigger things. And you start pledging bigger things. And you start pledging bigger things. All of you that are working, be careful of all these <laughs> um, career salary people. Who, you know that new thing that's entered town now? That they will tell you that um, um, they will give you advance and say, once you have a salary, just be paying gradually. Be careful. Oh. There are some things that are demonic. Oh. When I say that demonic, it's not as if devil is there, but they will just destroy your destiny. Because what bad debt does is this. It, it, it makes you enjoy the future at the cost of the present. And when you get to the future, you will now pay for both the present and the future at the same time. And either you realize it or not, the bigger expense you have are in your future. I hope you know that. Yeah. All of you that are single that have no savings, when you marry, I wonder what you say. And when you have children, I wonder what you say. And when your children enter university, I wonder what you say. Somebody say hallelujah. No, that's so weak. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you upset with me this morning? Because I can't hear you hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. So we see that this woman, you know, her husband got into debt. She was really anointed. And that's the thing. Even all of you that are dating, you can marry a very spiritual man or woman. And when it comes to finances, they don't know what to do. So see what the Bible says. And Elisha said to her, so the first thing we notice is that, number one, these people did not even understand the concept of debt. So that's why they, their financial intelligence was in error. The second thing you will notice is this. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, thy handmaid has nothing, not anything in the house save a pot of oil. The second problem with those people's finances is this. They did not understand that they, could, they had value that can translate into wealth. And that's the thing about poverty mentality. Poverty mentality says, I have nothing to achieve my dreams. Success mentality says, I don't have cash, but I have something that can turn into cash. That's what it says. That's what it says. When I was younger, I, I needed some money. 
and I just thought about doing money. And I, you know, I had a lot of Christian friends. So I just went to a Christian bookshop and told the guy that I, le- I own the bookshop. You know, I said, you know what I'm going to do? Your books are not selling. Give me the books. I will sell it for you and bring back. But give me at a rebate. So he will give me the books. I will sell the books and bring a rebate. I knew people that were Christians that would not go to the bookshop. The question is this. What do you have that can turn into finances? How can you in this generation say that I don't know what to do? See, the world is too large for you to make such kind of statement. Look at where, we, where our church is. And, and some of you in the other centers, I know you're there. Where our church is in Lekki. This place is the, one of the hottest real estate markets right now. Just knowing who is selling and who is buying, connecting them together makes you money. Glory to God. Taking one time to learn how to trade crypto can change your life. Someone in this church was telling me, he said, Pastor, thank you for challenging me because I, I had a big fight with him. In fact, I stopped talking to him. I stopped talking to him because the way he was talking about money was almost like he's waiting for someone to give him money. And I said, that's not, good. That's not how God wants to bless you. So eventually in December, I think he got about $1,000 together. No, no, not about that. About 200K. Got 200K together, together. Bought dollars and said trading crypto. He told me last month, he said, Pastor, thank you very much. Just to let you know, my crypto portfolio is not... My crypto portfolio is at $31,000. I said between December and now. It's not what you hear that matters. It's what you do that, do that matters. Because you've heard this before now. And that's why you need to get into a cell. So that in the cell meeting today, you will, tell, you will tell them your financial goal. You will tell them what you have to do. So that next week's cell meeting, you'll say, hello, Uncle John, have you done it? So they will keep asking you until you get to doing it. So how did Elisha help? And, and Elisha said this. He said, he said, that pot of oil was a miracle. So this is the first thing. Let's the first question I want to answer. Why do people, why must we deal with financial tightness? The first reason is this. With time, it gets worse. That's the first reason. If things are tough financially, there are two ways you can deal with it. You can ignore it. So, when things are tough for people financially, for your company, how do you get to deal with it? So, you see that your company is, the profit is draining out. You used to make 50 million before. This year, you make 30 million and you're reducing staff. You're reducing staff. How are you going to deal with financial tightness? There was a time that you used to have savings of $50,000 before. Now you have savings of $10,000. If you don't deal, and the reason why I'm saying this is that if you don't deal with financial problems, they get worse with time. It's like cancer. If you don't treat it, it gets worse with time. They, the, and the reason why is that it will be taking you from one state to the other. You will get to a state where you start borrowing. I mean, I met someone recently, and I said, he told me how much I think he had a loan of 100 million. I said, how did you get here? He said, Pastor, I don't know. He said, all I borrowed was 20 million. He said, but when I couldn't meet up, I borrowed from somebody to pay that person. And as I was borrowing, I was borrowing at high interest rates. He said, 20 million has become 100 million. He said, they have taken this, they've taken that, they've taken this, I still owe them. And I'm saying so because there are people right now. There are people right now that have financial problems. 
Every month, you always look for someone to support you. There are people right now that are in serious debt. They are in serious personal debt. They are in serious company debt. There are people abroad right now that are listening to me. To pay their mortgage, they will write the company, extend the mortgage again, and all of those things. And I'm saying to you that if you do not address the financial issue, you will be like this prophet. They will come for your sons. Your sons is what should you keep for the future. And I'm saying so because people don't address financial problem early. They address it when it really gets bad. You will just hear one day. I mean, one of, someone very close to my family just called me one day. He said, I'm in trouble. This is an older woman. She should be almost 80. He said, the bank wants to take my house. He said, that, he said you know, I've stopped working. I'm an old woman now. He said, he said, that's all I have. And they want to take it. The question I asked is, how did you get here? When did this start? I met someone that had, I, I heard of a someone that had HIV. How did he have HIV? The mom got desperately sick, needed money. He didn't know what to do. The man that was going to help said, I needed to sleep with you. The man slept with her. That day she had HIV and got pregnant. You are saying, ah, that girl's financial problem did not start that day. She was ignoring it until it got to a point that it was too bad. Are you hearing me? Don't talk to me. Are you hearing me? So why do we financial challenges? Because it will get worse with time. Number two, financial challenges will reduce the quality of your life. You will just notice that if you're not careful, your self-esteem will be affected. So all of a sudden, your children cannot go to very good schools. All of a sudden, you cannot, you cannot afford, you know, have you not seen, oh my God. I've seen people that die, not because there's no medical help, that die because there's no money for medical help. So financial tightness will reduce. This is why you must address you quickly. The third reason is that financial challenges can be generational. So what does that mean? If you grew up in a financial tough situation, what will happen if you're not careful is this. You will pass the mantle to your children and the race will begin. The same way wealth is passed down to children, guess what? Poverty can also be passed down to children. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Financial challenges can ruin your marriage. Just in case you don't know, the number one cause of divorce globally is what? Money. The number one cause of divorce globally is money. Most times when you see a couple that are willing to leave themselves a lot, there's nothing to lose. When there's something to lose, people, be, people endure. You say, what's she staying there for? She's staying there because of the money. You say, what's he staying there for? He's staying because of the money. And because of that, they work out their differences until maybe when it's impossible for them to work it out. And let me just say something to you, you know, especially girls. Please, don't marry for money. The reason why is that sex is, um, the reason why is that wealth is not sexually transmitted. You hear what I said? Yes, Don't marry for money. The reason why is that wealth is not what sexually transmitted. So I marry a rich man does not make me rich. You are only a lady that has access to another person's money. That's what you are. 
Because if something happens to that man or woman, what happens to you? Go back to ground zero. Why? Wealth is not sexually transmitted. Wealth is what? Not sexually transmitted. And that's why you see a lot of people, a lot of ladies, they'll be abused in the house of the very rich person. They cannot leave. And they can't. In fact, I, I, I'm not sure if it was a story I watched a movie. I think it was a movie where the lady knew, the lady had a child before she met this man, very wealthy man. And the lady knew that the man was sleeping with the girl. But she couldn't do anything. And the girl came to the door and said, if you talk, we'll go back on the streets. May you not be in a marriage where money takes your voice. Glory to God. And that's why I'm teaching you this. Because I'm teaching you that you do not have to marry to do that. You yourself can become the person that the Lord has blessed. Say, I'm the one the Lord has blessed. That's why this month is hot. Everybody, I'm telling you, this month is very powerful. You, uh, you must take your notes. And not just take notes, make life change. See, <laughs> What changes people are not great meetings. It's great decisions. It's great decisions that changes people. In this meeting, you have the opportunity to make great decisions. Alright. So, we've talked about why it's important to deal with financial tightness. The second thing I want to talk about is that what are the causes of financial tight, um, tightness? And it can be a lot of things. It can be loss of a job. It can be debt. It can be poor money management. It can be crisis, all of those things. But I want to talk about it in the sequence. The first thing I want to talk about is why people get into financial problems. The first thing is this. A lack of financial education. A lack of what? Financial education. And I'm explaining that. When you say financial education, where's my tire? When you say financial education, this is what I'm asking you. Financial education means what do you know on finances? What do you know on finances? What do you know on finances? You know, Mike Mudok said something. He said, the age you are should be equal to the number of books you have read on finances. So if you are 35, you should have read what? 35 books on finances. Do you know a lot of people run company and they cannot do a simple budget? If you cannot do a budget as a company, how would you try? So, see, to learn a budget is simple. Go home today, Google. How to create a budget. There will be a lot of videos that will teach you how to create a budget. Glory to God. So, a, a lot of people get into financial troubles because of the lack of financial education. What's, financial education is large. It involves, it involves how you think about money. Rather... Most of you want your financial decisions to be made by somebody else for you. And the nature of ignorance, you pay for whatever you don't know. I'm telling you, you pay for whatever you don't know. For example, <laughs> for example, if you, if you have a registered limited liability company, I don't know if you know this, if you, if you buy any ac assets, you put it in your company name. They don't tax it because it belongs to the company. I don't know if you know this. If you buy a house in London and you want to pass it to your children, there's what London says, inheritance tax. I'm sure we have it, but it's not just active. 
inheritance tax. And inheritance tax is about 50% of whatever you do. So if your parents buy a house of half a million pounds or one million pounds, if they pass the house to you because they died, when you come and take over the house, you will pay 50%. But if they buy the house under a company's name and two of you are director, company has not died. When they die, you just change director and become the person, you pay zero. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The reason you know that is just because you paid attention. So three things with that financial education. I'm just, I just want to really go. Number one, what do I want? And I spoke about that. What do I want? By the time I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, what do I want? When you know what you want, it makes your prayer nice. What do I want? Secondly, where am I? So Ben, come. Ben, come and stay over here. Just over here. Just go back. Just keep going. Stay. Stop. So that's where I want to get to financially. Where am I? Where am I is, um, yeah, come, yeah. The guy, yeah. This is where I am financially. So, if I know where I'm going to, if I know where I am, what's the next? How do I get there? Bring. So, you now ask, what vehicle will get me there? No, just leave it. It's just, just a tire. Why are you making it difficult? Yeah. It's heavy? Yeah, that's fine. So, this is the thing. What will take me from here there? What will take me? The reason why I bought the tire is that the distance between where you are and what you want will determine the kind of vehicle you will use. You will now say, can my job get me from there here, even when I become MD? And the chance of becoming MD is very slim. So you now ask yourself, this is where I am. What can get me over there? So, because there are different vehicles, and we'll talk about it. There are different vehicles that help people's finances. Some people, this is where they are, this is where they want to get there. You know the vehicle they use? Begging. They are married. They will go and look for uncles and sponsors and say, Uncle, I'm where do you know? Their strategy is a strategy. They have a list on their phone and they go through it systematically. January, is this four uncles I ask? February, is this five people I ask? You know, even in church, they are professionals like that. You now ask yourself, can that strategy sustain me to get there eventually? You can beg, but at a level, begging cannot work. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. This is what makes your prayer effective. What's your prayer? Your prayer is this. God, give me vehicle. God, give me what? Vehicle. This is what you pray. Because many of you don't know what you are praying for. See, where you are is what you created. Where you want to go to is what you created. What is outside your means that you need wisdom for is that God give me vehicle. Because if your vehicle is a bicycle, you will ride for a long time to get there. If your vehicle is a Ferrari, you'll be very fast. If your vehicle is a plane, you will get there easily. The question is this, and, and the question is this, do you know the vehicle that will take you from where you are to where you're going to? For example, you need to be honest with yourself. 
This thing I studied, maybe in Nigeria, you studied lab science. Those are courses in Nigeria that has no future. Right now. They will have tomorrow, but right now. You will not know that this course called lab science cannot do anything for me. I need to change the vehicle. What's change the vehicle? Let me learn another skill. Someone told me, he said, Pastor, I'm migrating to a developed country. What do you think? I said, when? He said, the next maybe one year or two years. I said, go, go and do nothing. Because medical, medical skill is in high demand globally. There are tech skills people are looking for now. Is it DI or what do you call those people? You do. What? Do I do? do you? UI UX. Very. I, I didn't know until, until I heard about it. But no. You want to do. See, instead of you to look for the skill, the, the vehicle that will take you to where you're going to, you want to do what everybody's doing. What's everybody doing? Everybody buys clothes from somewhere and sell from somewhere. Where have they gotten to with that? Let me just help you do something, eh? Anything you want to do in life, look at the success rates. Look at what? What does that mean? Someone says I want to become a musician. That's good. But just know that in Nigeria, 5 to 10 million youths want to become musicians. But those that become rich through music are not up to 500. So if out of 10 million, 500 become rich, what's the percentage? So the chance that you'll be one out of the five, 10 million to become rich is very slim. But look at somewhere, there are some industries that once you enter, you know, I will not say all doctors are rich in Nigeria. Globally, doctors are rich. But I have not seen a poor doctor. They will be able to maintain a comfortable lifestyle. They might not be rich, but outside the country, they are very rich. The key thing, and I'm telling you what the prayer is, the prayer is this, that God will show you what? Your vehicle. So, I'm telling you how you will pray this month. That, Father, this is where I'm going to. Show me, because you say you are selling hair. Can hair carry you to your destination? Are you listening to me? Because some of you just do things, you know, if it's a transitional plan, it's okay. But this hair you are selling, how much will you make eventually? And the reason why people do so in this country is that People keep doing what other people are what doing. Meanwhile, our paths are very different. How many air will you sell that will make your children school in Harvard? Glory to God. Let me say the last thing and I will close. So the first thing why people have financial challenges is because of thank you. Thank you. You can take the tire. So the first thing is that it's a lack of what? Financial decision. So the, what, what's, your, what's your goal? You can take the time. What's your goal is this? Your goal is this. Begin to look for what to read financially. There are good books. I can recommend some books to you. And when I say good books, the authors are not Christian. They're just good financial books. So I say, uh -uh. why are you not recommending Christian books? I want to ask you, when you buy textbook, are they Christians? Is Ababio a Christian? Is Nelcon a Christian? Is Gochelyong a Christian? You just respect them for the area of knowledge. That's all. So, that's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Bekiyosake. There's a book, The Millionaire Next Door. 
Just a lot of books like that. All right. Yeah. The second reason why people are tight financially is this. Because of financial indiscipline. So people know what to do, but people are not doing it. How many of you are hearing that you must save for the first time? And you have never heard it before. And it's a revelation. Anybody? Why are you not saving? Because of discipline. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20. Can you give me the New Living Version? New Living Version. New Living Translation. Why is... See, and the reason why people are not... The reason why people... <laughs> the reason why people are not financially disciplined is that they don't understand the phase of life they are in. What phase of life are you in? When it comes to your finances, there are four phases. Number one phase of life is the... So, look at this now. Look at... Let's read this together. Let's read. Want to go? The wise... The wife has wealth and luxury and the foolish what? It says if you spend everything you get, you're a foolish person. He didn't say if you're a man or a woman. You see, you don't understand. Sometimes when it comes to dating, I get confused. Two of us finished school together. We met five years after. I want to date you. The girl now says, why are you working? What do you have? Do you have a car? Have you bought your place? Do you live in your own place? You now you're asking me, what happened to you? What kind of thing is this? We went to school at the same time, finished school at the same time, got the same certificate. Now we want to date. Five years after, you're asking me, do you have a car? Do you have this? Do you have that? You that are asking me, what happened to your own head? Glory to God. See what the Bible says here. He said the wise has wealth and luxury, but the foolish spends it all. He didn't say it's a man or a woman. He said if you spend it all, regardless of gender, you are foolish. I didn't say so. Bible said so. And if God calls you foolish, you are really foolish. Oh, you are really foolish. If God calls you foolish, trust me, you are, you are really foolish. And why do people spend all? Because they don't understand the phase of relate of finances they are in. There are four facing finances, and uh, I will close. Whatever it remains, I will teach in the second service. There are four phases of finances. The first one is the survival phase. In the survival phase, what does it look like? In the survival phase, that's where you start from. Your goal in the survival phase is just to have enough to cover your basic needs. Where are my spoons? Where's Yeah, all these spoons represent faces. Thank you. In the survival phase, this is your financial capacity. It's just enough for you. You cannot even share. The problem is that a lot of you are in survival phase, but trying to be big boys. In survival phase, your goal is, let me just cover my needs. Either I use iPhone 4 or not, can I call? That is it. I'm in survival phase. Survival phase. The goal is that I don't want to be in debt. That's the goal of survival phase. What's the goal of survival phase? I don't want to what? Be in debt. That's the goal. Some of you are not at that phase. I respect you for it. Then you move to the next phase. What's the next phase now? The, it's a bigger spoon. The next phase is security phase. In security phase, 
my needs are not just covered, I have extra to save. In survival phase, I can't carry somebody because the person they are carrying cannot carry somebody else. You that they have not fed, you are feeding girlfriend. Praise God. That's why some people, want, I just said something Sunday, I want to date. I said, my brother, you are too young to date. He said, my age. I said, you are young financially. You don't know some, you can be an adult with a financial child. Praise God. You are young financially. Let me tell you something. And listen, listen, listen to me here. One of Africa's problems is this. And most of you may not have the problem, but it happens in Africa. From youth, we carry too much financial burden that cannot make us rise. And let me tell you what you have to do. You have to have a way to negotiate and say, whoever is giving the body, maybe it's your parents, and say, Daddy and Mommy, just give me 18 months. Let me move from this survivor phase. Because if I don't come out of it, I can't pull you out. The strategy is to pull you out. But if two of us are there, we'll seek inside. Say, let my other brothers be helping for 18 months. After 18 months, I'm coming back. And because I've seen people get into debt in trying to pay bills for their relatives. Because at the survival phase, it's just basically what you have for yourself. It's, it's nothing. But at the second phase, you begin to have what? Savings. This is the stage you now start chipping in for people. But at this stage, you still cannot carry too much. You will give all, but you cannot carry too much. The reason why is that you need your saving to make money. The reason, and let me say something to you. If you are going to make money, you will need money to make money. Yeah. So, where do you get the money to make money from? It's from what the saving. But if you have done charity work, what will happen? You will not even have for yourself. So, in this one, is a bigger spoon. It can feed you and it can also give somebody else. But just small. Because you are in what? You are in security. So the question is that some of you are in this phase and trying to save the first thing, just be alive. Yeah. So in, this, in the first phase, your major goal is to reduce expenses. That's your major goal. Is to reduce expenses. Reduce expenses, make more money. The second goal is save as much as you can. The third phase is this, the phase of success. What's the phase of success? Where you, where you don't only have savings, but your saving has been invested and you're not getting other streams of income. See success stage. You see it's big. Because at this stage now, you can begin to serve people. At this stage, what can you happen? You can begin to what? Serve. You say, mommy, come. You say, mommy, take your own. Bam. You say, your friend, come. You say, your own. Bam. Because, because, now, because now you have something that you can use to serve people. But this cannot serve anybody. And this one, if you serve people with this one, this is a problem. Most of you are like this and you want to serve people. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you're like this, you want to serve people. You just, this one just bend. You wonder why you're under stress. You can't be like this and want to serve people. You're going to bend. 
This is what they used to serve people. This. Your packets. Pa. Your packets. Pa. Your packets. Pa. Praise God. Let's pray. I've not finished, but let's pray. Were you blessed this morning? Let's stand on our feet and pray. Father, show me my vehicle. Father, show me my vehicle. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, this is what I'm praying. That you show people their vehicles. Well, thank you. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Can I have your seats? Praise the Lord.